You are listening to Timeless Teachings with Jana Frey. Here we build heart-to-heart connections with teachers, leaders, experts, and influencers to learn about consciousness, human potential, and happiness in daily life. We have no rules and no scripted conversations. Hello and welcome everyone. Today we have another guest in the studio and her name is Natalie Sanderson and she's turning all the way from Bali and Natalie is the founder of Conscious Female Brands. And Natalie, I'm so looking forward to our conversation because I think specifically what we're going to talk about are women in the workplace, women in careers, women who want to build businesses and how can we do it in a way which is not exhausting, which is not overwhelming, which is not taking away our feminine energy, but instead of nourishing. From my understanding, that's actually exactly what you do. Would that be correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I discovered working with women energetically in their bodies as a yoga teacher that in their businesses, there was this real big disconnect with feeling balanced how they approached their work with knowing with clarity what they were doing. It was almost like women were having to shape shift in their business world. And systemically, whether that was a woman that was really holistic by nature or someone that was more corporate driven, the same problems would continue to come up, which was often burnout, sometimes falling off of momentum, like hitting a wall with their work. And I realized that this was something that it's like both types of women We're having the same problem in different arenas, right? And the problem was that they weren't really honoring how to set up their business so that they could thrive as a woman in that business at the center of it and love what they do and show up and really have it have this magnetism and this fun that women thrive off of. So that began five years ago, this deep dive into why is this happening? I am very curious to dive into this conversation. So let's do that, right? So here we are, two women who also want to have it all. So we want to have ourselves and our private lives. And at the same time, we want to do enough business to make us enough money that we want and also be fulfilled, but don't have any burnout. How do we approach that? And let's maybe focus also, as you said, there are mm-hmm. probably those two very big categories of women. So one mm-hmm. would be more holistically wellness, spiritually inclined, mm-hmm. and the other mm-hmm. one probably would be more corporate business and mm-hmm. action inclined. And we're not comparing the two. It is not about that. It is just about knowing who you are by nature and mm-hmm. problems, some probably similar, some different. So maybe mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about each of the groups and you can choose with which group would you like to start? Well, that's a great question because I actually feel like I fell for a long time into the category of the holistic practitioner. I was a very senior yoga teacher. I ran retreats as it was so close to the skills that I had as a woman, I really loved what I was doing, but I wasn't actually treating it like a business. And I see this a lot for women that are personal brands or they're offering something that their energy serves the product is that they're sometimes having this hard way of creating a path forward because they're so close to the product, if that makes sense. There's sometimes blockages around marketing that 
being seen in the workforce, all these different types of issues really do come up when they want to expand. And then on the other side of that, I actually worked for a very long time in an urban setting. So in Vancouver, Canada. So I was actually teaching very corporate women. I was seeing what was happening in their system. I was really listening to their struggles. And a lot of the time it was burnout and not really doing work that fed them, like deeply fed them, that they were passionate about, that they might be very successful financially. They may have worked really hard to establish themselves. But at some point, it was almost like very apparent that if they didn't feel connected to their work anymore, that it was a struggle. It was a physical struggle eventually if they didn't listen to it long enough, right? So it's almost on both sides. There's this need for women to approach what we want to do in the world and what we want to spend our time doing outside of our relationships and motherhood. It has to speak to us. Otherwise, it eventually, honestly, it it ends up making women quite sick. When you say it has to speak to us, how do we hear that? Are we talking about more like an emotional heart connection? Are we talking more about a soulful sort of intuitive connection? Is Mm -hmm. it more body that we have to listen to? I assume not the mind. That's probably the least. To be honest, is that we actually need to befriend every layer that we're talking about. But when we lead from that mind, which when we move into the business setting, if we're working with men and if we're thinking about our career advancement, that's where we're making our decisions from. And I think, honestly, we have to check in with all of those parts of ourselves. But I always come back to the body because the body never lies. So at the end of the day, if someone's going into an environment that they contract, that they don't want to get up and do, that's the first sign. So it's not about necessarily every woman having to have this big grand life purpose that her soul is lit up. But if your body isn't feeling good, that is the first sign that it's not the right environment for you. It's really not nourishing you. It's actually slightly taxing you. And that stress accumulates over time, right? It's interesting that you say that because but it has been proven mm-hmm. scientifically how actually bad stress is for our health, for our physical health, for our mental health, for our mm-hmm. emotional health. And mm-hmm. since we're on the topic of women in the workplace, I personally know a few women who have been particularly in big corporate jobs. We're talking law, banking, mm-hmm. like leadership position with mm-hmm. usually a lot of money, a lot mm-hmm. of responsibilities. And mm-hmm. so much stress that at the very young age, women having heart attacks, they having kidney issues, like all kinds of things yeah. that should not be happening, preferably at any age, but mm-hmm. particularly when you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s. I find what you say is really important because we don't want to wait until the body gets sick. Mm-hmm. And if we don't listen to the science, what body telling us. Unfortunately, this is the reality of the world we are living in, that the form degrades with time, right? Point of reference for everyone who is listening to us right now, that check in with your body. Like, are you healthy? Probably if you already have some kind of physical conditions. And again, I'm maybe generalizing here because some of them could also be genetic. We understand this. Mm -hmm. So it's not always... 100% related to work, 
But if you are a woman who is listening, who considers herself to be a workaholic, so it means mm-hmm. you do invest a lot of waking hours of your day into the working activities and something is not quite right with your body. Well, one of the biggest things that I've noticed and started to really dove into this year is our relationship with money as women. Because like you said, that is one of the biggest reasons that women will resist leaving a position like that. Because we have these collective ideas about a professional woman. And if someone has taken so long to build that up, it takes a lot of courage to release that, to leave that. And I think that the many years of working with different, different women's bodies has really shown me the, the cause and effect of every choice that we make. Because you're right, it's not just your work life. It's not just, it's your genetics, your lifestyle habits. But what I've noticed and why I dove into working with work and business is that we spend so much time doing it. It's a large part of our life, our adult lives. And if we don't really get involved with, is this nourishing to me? Obviously, you want to contribute something that perpetuates itself in the world, that feels purposeful. I think every woman that I've ever met doesn't want to go to a job where she's not seen. And sometimes I think women make choices earlier on in our life that then we realize as we develop and mature, this is really not me. As we get older and as we discover what really suits us and what we really need, and you know, a lot of it is trial and error, but there comes that point, I think, when we start to realize, like you said, we get older and we, our bodies aren't going to stay the same. I personally find a lot of women realize in midlife that I want to use my time wisely. I want to do something that I love. I want to feel different in that point of looking at what's happening. How can I approach what I'm doing differently or how can I scrap what I've been doing and create a different business from this thing I've always wanted to do. So that's like this really interesting place of transformation that I see a lot of women stepping either forward more in their work or switching gears. It's interesting that you mentioned money because it is a, like a big yeah. driving factor, right? That we do live in a material society and money is still what makes the mm-hmm. world go round, whether we like it or not. How do we make then choices around it? So I'm just trying like to be in the shoes of a woman, right? Who perhaps mm-hmm. have been working maybe really hard for a very long time mm-hmm. and perhaps has a very good paycheck. And maybe she even likes a bit of an adrenaline in her life and mm-hmm. some element of stress. And when I meet women who are like in their 20s, 30s, I usually find who are going more into the sort of very adrenaline-driven type of careers. Mm-hmm. Usually for 10, 15 years, they at least say that they are very happy. They're making money that they want to make and they're mm-hmm. traveling around the world. It's only when they start approaching usually 40, our energy level changes. It's mm-hmm. biological. I just turned 40 this year. So it was very interesting for me to watch how... I like didn't see it coming at all. And I remember mm-hmm. when I was even in my like very early thirties and I had friends who would be like a girlfriends, right? Who would be maybe 10, 15 years older. I rem- so they would be in their forties. I remember how they would tell me, look, you have to start planning your life. Mm-hmm. And you do like now that you are 20 or 30, you want to get as much as you can because you had very, very fiery sort of unlimited energy that right. brings you all the way around and this drive and there are no limits and you can go with sleepless nights and you're going to be fine in the morning. It's still all there. 
And then interesting when you actually turn 40, I saw it with myself and I heard it with many other women that something starts recalibrating in your body mm -hmm. and you, you are more mindful of where you spend mm -hmm. your energy. Selective right. Life. Exactly. You're choosing how you want to spend your time more. All aspects of our life comes up. So if you're a corporate woman, I think that I really sense that if you're always surrounded by men in the workplace, you get to a point as a woman where it's, and realistically, a lot of very successful women are still, that is the demographic. Oh, they're having to keep up with a structure, a system, a rhythm that doesn't serve them. And our hormones are very much at play here for this conversation. So as we slow down and we mature, we have a different perspective on all the different pieces of our lives. If we're mothers, if we're wives, so it has to be very complementary. We can't just shut off, turn and show up a consistent kind of flavor for the next 20 years. It doesn't nourish very many women. They start to have other things become almost more important. I've noticed when their kids get older and yeah, it's just a different way of making choices. I love how you say that when women start maturing, they start making different choices and looking mm -hmm. at life differently. And I also find the personality changes. Like mm -hmm. when we, again, 20, 30, usually there is more mental willingness to adjust and to fit in and in a way make even men more comfortable. So mm -hmm. the, what women often do at work to, to be the one that doesn't rock the boat, perhaps that all the colleagues like and mm -hmm. the boss finds you to be very pleasant and also very efficient. And that's perhaps, you know, and you also try to prove at the same time that you're actually very smart and you mm -hmm. can really have this job. Just but the right balance. Exactly. <laughs> just the right balance. Exactly. Feminine energy. We can read a room like a, you know, a cheetah. Um, and this is a strength. This is a strength. And we're not here for other people. Exactly. We are here to other people. But then we start to have these other lessons that we refine, which is, what am I doing that's not actually serving me in this equation? And if it's not balanced, whether that's a romantic relationship or a work arrangement, it has to be looked at because eventually it does become very detrimental, very stressful. I think the beginning stages of chronic fatigue, which a lot of women in their 40s start to have to deal with if they're not aware of their hormones and what needs to change with their lifestyle. And that's exactly the demographic that I was really working closely with for a lot of years. Successful women between 35 and 55. Mm -hmm. And that's a, a good range, right? And mm -hmm. the women that I noticed started to understand the feminine flow so a little less rigid a little less driven a little less always focused on other people like outside of themselves they started to have a an easier time let's say they started to enjoy themselves more they started to see what was going on around them more with curiosity versus when you're younger you're like i'm gonna make this a little bit. i'm gonna experiment i'm gonna create i'm gonna express and that starts to shift. That starts to shift. I'm just curious here, since we sort of touched upon this, right? As we shift 
And you're right, probably above the age of 35, those questions start coming mm-hmm. in because also for those women who want to have children, for example, Absolutely. almost in every woman's mind uh, of any culture around the world, 35 yep. seems to be that number that those who want that kind of family go, I want to have kids by 35. This is like the number that women have in their head. And so there is something about that, that we intuitively, and of course there is biology to this, but to be honestly, I just recently spoke to a woman, she gave birth, okay, to her fourth child, but nevertheless, she gave birth at the age of 48 natural mm-hmm. pregnancy, natural birth, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, there are also with how what medicine can do for us these days. In Africa, women give birth when they are 50. So mm-hmm. there are plenty of cases. So it's really, we can still stretch it for another at least 10 years mm-hmm. after 35, very comfortably. So to me, this is more also the question, as we find more courage to actually show up the way how we really are, play, in social circumstances and what other people expect from us. I'm still curious here about the topic of money because that's well, a big I, one, right? <laughs> yeah, I kind of distilled it. I'm a natural teacher and I'm always, I think we said this when we first met, you're always collecting information and trying to understand. And for me, I always knew that I was very like a, a born in psychologist. I, I've always loved people, how they tick how they live their best lives, their health, all of it. I see it very intertwined. And when my daughter was born, actually, I was 32. And that's when I started to shift my career to behind the screen. I'm a communicator by nature, and I was writing for a lot of women and helping them voice what they wanted and how they wanted to sound into the world. And then that's when I realized that I actually don't just want to write. I was helping them figure out their next steps. And then I was helping realize, okay, this woman is struggling with promoting herself or this woman is struggling with relaxing into her work or this woman is struggling with time management. And so all of these things were very interesting because it always came back to the woman and not her skill, right? So it wasn't about her work. And then as I continued this investigation, working with different women, so some women have, it's almost like an equal balance between holistic women and corporate women. Some women have no problem. They're going to show up and they're going to be like, these are my rates and no, no resistance. Right. And they take it and they might not be that connected to other aspects of their business, but they full on welcome it. But the majority of women struggle with the asking, okay, I am going to up my prices. Is that okay? There's this permission thing that was happening with a lot of women or they would just struggle to even so I teach women how to price themselves by factoring how many years have you put into this don't look outside yourself at the industry how many years have you put into this what is the quality that you offer in your work like when you really when I start talking about business or yoga or integrated living I feel very clearly competent I I know what I bring if I was to start talking about cardiac health, I wouldn't be able to charge. <laughs> like it's not my area of expertise. And there was this interesting, then I started to look at why is this women having problems with money? And it's because we have these conditions that either drive women or repel women. 
The successful woman is not always seen as loving, celebrated. We look at her and she's like dripping in Chanel. And we have these collective ideas of what a successful, wealthy woman looks like. There's not a lack of money, right? Money is flowing all the time to us, through us, away from us. But women seem to have to go through this piece of self-worth and really owning what they do, even if they know they're good at it. I don't see the same equation for men. There's a bit of a distance with their work. And it's like a statue they built. It's outside of themselves. But somehow women's worth is very emotional. There's something about it that's very yeah, personal. You yes, know? actually, this is spot on that uh, you're absolutely right. I talk to men who are in business and with many of them I work, many of them are friends, also family yeah. friends. And it's interesting how they even say that they know how to compartmentalize business and their emotions. And usually, mm -hmm. especially if they are like mature men, then yeah. they become really good at it. Then whatever the hell is going on at work, they're usually able to just tune out. And mm -hmm. whether they do it through sport or, I don't know, or drinking sometimes or sex, right? Yeah. There is something to process it. So they do it in their own way. But the point is, it's sort of, it bothers them less. Mm -hmm. So for women, it really bothers them. So a woman who had a very stressful day at work, or especially let's say if she's running a company and she has mm -hmm. to make tough decisions and something happened, maybe there's not enough money was raised in the company or team worked out on her or something happened. And she mm -hmm. takes it as her personal failure. And mm -hmm. then she internalizes it and it becomes a mm -hmm. difficult place to be. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering how as women, Mm -hmm. we can be more resilient? Yeah, this is a great question. So my answer has, like, I think, three parts to it. One, I really want to encourage women to not go against their nature, which is we are emotional beings, but there's a balance. There's a scale. There's, like you said, being affected by everything that, that occurs in business, which is ups and downs and trials and errors and ebbs and flows. And at the same time, I think that when we can use our emotional intelligence in business, I've noticed women are very capable of making big leaps, big decisions, big, brave and bold moves if they're connected, tapped in and in a good place. But if they're not in balance and they're just getting in the backwash of these little things playing out all day, then I would work with that woman on her personal relationship. So how she's taking on everything in the world, really. She's offended easily in relationships close to her. She might try and control. So these are a lot of things that go into, this is why I really love working with women in business because it's not just business. It's supporting that woman. W what is working for you? What holds you back? How do you feel like you have healthy boundaries? What do you let affect you? Or also, I think that a lot of business requires a healthy nervous system. So you need to have practices that help you regulate But also, I feel that there's something about belief and trust that men do not include in business. When you can see these little bumps and know still what you care about, where you're going and, and that you'll get there, the bumps don't hit you the same, right? If you're always wrapped up in every single up and down, that's exhausting. It's like having children and the day is long. I have a five-year-old, but if you were to hit every bump, now it's the shoes, now it's getting in the car, it's exhausting. So you have to see your business 
from a place of a process, not a goal, not an end goal. It's a, that's how I really feel it is. It's a creation of what you wish to bring forth. And yes, it's going to have bumps. So each woman, I think, has to help support themselves with how they handle those bumps. I love how you brought in also conversation about children here. And mm -hmm. I just want to maybe focus on a very particular group of women. And before I do that, also say that like in my belief system, I find that each woman has a choice, right? And of course, mm -hmm. we are not saying pro-kids or against kids. It's absolutely individual choice and you do what is right for you. And yet there is still a very large group of women in all cultures mm -hmm. around the world who do have children. Mm -hmm. And many of them choose to stay at home, especially if they have several children. And then I know quite a few women like this who for pretty much about 10, 15 years, sometimes 20 of their life, they mm -hmm. uh, become uh, mothers full time. That's their job. They don't mm -hmm. want to do anything else because they want to take care of their family. Mm -hmm. And then where their children grow up, then they feel that, okay, I want to go back into the world, like more in a professional world, because I want to have also fulfillment beyond parenting, right? And it's very common, I think, problem for women like that. How do you go back into the workplace? I always encourage women especially to try to release some of the old ways of thinking. So when you say go back, you won't be going back. You'll be going forward. It's like when you have a baby and people, I'll hear women talk because I'm a words person and I listen very closely to what people say because that's informing you what they think. And there is no going back after you have a baby. It's you've got a new body, even if it looks the same on the outside. It's a forward kind of relationship in that place in life. And I also, I funnily enough, used to deal with a lot of women's grief around when their kids left. It was a very interesting time because it actually seemed like a bit of an awakening in a woman's life. Then it was like, what is the purpose of my life now? And that's where I feel that our work, to whatever degree we decide to devote to our work, Women do have the desire to have careers that are fulfilling, that support other people, that feel nourishing, that you know, they love to interact with other people. It's not just, it's not just an exchange of commerce. So they really love and thrive when we can do things that benefit other people. We, I think we're actually hardwired for that. And so in that junction point of my kids no longer need me, what do I do with myself? I would personally support, what do you want to do? If we were to just create anything, obviously maybe you need to go back to maybe take a course, but start thinking about it from that place of what feels like, not what, oh, I could get a job and somebody said I should. That's not really what you need to be doing. If you have a partner too that can help you support, right? So it's like, what do you want to do at this point? You've had this beautiful role as a parent. What do you want to do? No. And I also find, just as you said earlier in our conversation, that women are very, we are very community driven. Mm -hmm. So, which is the way how we wired, right? Through everything. We, and again, since we're moving 
from this conversation about children, like any parent, any mom particularly would know you organize play dates. When you're pregnant, mm-hmm. or you want to socialize with other women who are expecting. You give birth, you meet friends, then your children go to school, you get to know moms at the school. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of just community element around family, but then mm-hmm. also the same women really need that mm-hmm. at workplace. And mm-hmm. also, and again, I'm, I'm not sure, I don't want to sound as, so it sounds like a criticism, but just from my observation, when I look around and it is very rare, I would see, uh, let's say a big corporate company that would pay enough attention to that particular need of a woman mm-hmm. and create enough feeling of a belonging and community mm-hmm. and nourishment. And that's mm-hmm. why actually most women who stay long, too long in a corporate workplace and work too hard, experience mm-hmm. burnout. And that's why they fall back in a way. And mm-hmm. so here I'm curious about what you do, Natalie. So it's a woman mm-hmm. who, who is pursuing and building her own independent entrepreneurial business. And mm-hmm. she's also connected with other women, right? So mm-hmm. can you just tell us a bit more? like what it is, how does it work, and how women actually support each other? Mm -hmm. Well, I started my brand basically because I saw that I'm also a bit of like women tend to, we're talking feminine energy now, we'll take something and we want to make it better. We have this way of experimenting and being creative. And I realized that instead of just helping women find their voice or the way they want to speak about their work, I actually really liked creating a path forward. So I guess you would, it would fall under strategy. So where, where do you want to go? So I always work with every single woman, doesn't matter how old or where she's at or the business, no business yet, full-on business, getting clear with what she wants next. Because often women will come to me and they'll like how I speak and they'll like my philosophy. But when we start talking, there's a lot of things on the plate, right? So there's, these ideas and this, I've always wanted to do that, but this is the kind of where I'm at right now kind of discussion that happens. And so we often think about what's the big vision, what's the drive behind your work and how can we create it so that you have a company that supports you, right? We really look to make sure these are the roles for the right people. Do you love what your website looks like? Do you love how you get to talk to your clients? Do you love the role that you play? So a lot of it is really tweaking and refining what that person, what that woman's energy thrives doing. And then we create a structure for this is what we're going to help you do to move forward. Now, I also just actually started another platform for women to come together because this whole my passion is seeing more women thrive because they're not super thriving in masculine And it's not really about being against men at all. It's just trying it a different way. It's honoring the rhythms of women. And it's really, I've seen women exponentially boom when they're not trying to do it all. And they love their work and they're excited. And this is the magic that I feel is very possible to support women to also choose to pursue what they really want to do. And Mm. so I've I've brought some women together and even we just had a seminar. One woman spoke on the importance of cycles understanding like days that Mm -hmm. you're going to be productive days that you should rest days that you should dream creatively days that you should get stuff done super important that we don't know this 
we don't, some of us do, but there's days that we can track to help ourselves be the most productive version of ourselves. And there's a lot of other information that women can pull from to find out more about what they really are here to do, what they really want to do. So from physical you know, practitioners bringing in the science, bringing in the spirituality, bringing in the holistic business practices, all of these conversations, I feel like are all connected to helping women thrive. Absolutely. And I also would love to add here that we can learn so much from our ancestors. And unfortunately, our parents, maybe not even our grandparents, because usually those generations, it is just where the world has been mm -hmm. with the world wars and depressions mm -hmm. and everything. So women were like ma masculinized, if there's a word like this. <laughs> we were taught that we had to, okay, and of course we would. Okay, I got everybody on my back. And then where are we? right in that and it is definitely worth acknowledging our collective story as women that's what I, I talk about in money like we weren't allowed to work that long ago and then the freedom became exciting and then independence became exciting and now we're here in 2023 almost 2024 and being free and independence is a big topic but it doesn't feel like enough for a lot of women to just chase a career Right. So it's these getting clear about what we want to see in our lives and finding a better balance. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for the work that you are doing. I think it is such a, such a meaningful and such important, such needed work these days when mm -hmm. uh, we just look around and again here, whether a woman is in a relationship with someone or not, but Especially I find if she is, even if she's relating to her family of origin, she's a daughter, a sister, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe to someone else within her family. She actually setting up the foundation for everyone else. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting how again in the, in the old days and in some culture, like I know India is for sure. And a few other cultures where it's still these days that the person in the household, who has their final say is usually the grandma. So it's the mm -hmm. oldest woman with the gray hair that no one messes up with. Tribes as well. Did you know that? Elephant tribes. And it's because that they hold the most almost like vision of what they've seen. And I like that a lot. Exactly. I also have seen it in African tribes. Like I have been traveling mm -hmm. in Africa quite a while. And it was interesting for me to learn, which I was a like Caucasian, I didn't know that mm -hmm. when you look like at kinks and different sort of variations mm -hmm. of that in Africa, and it comes across as being very masculine, it is actually the mother of the king that pretty mm -hmm. much makes all decisions, including who the son going to marry and everything else. So it's interesting how by nature, we know how much power and wisdom mm -hmm. a woman accumulates, especially as she matures and she knows yes. how to say it. She has it within her. And I just find it so important that we foster this and that we help each other to develop it more and more. I think we are having an amazing time for women. 
Like I'm very optimistic about it, right? So it's like our generation, the generation after us, and I think the next generation, like we're really going to this peak right now, peak not in terms of it is going to go down after this, but probably peak in our current evolution mm-hmm. where Absolutely. we have so much more opportunities that we ever mm-hmm. had before. And at the same time, it is so important to do the work that Natalie, you are doing with women, that the woman needs to know what she wants. It fundamentally Mm -hmm. comes to that. Mm -hmm. And we need to release what is no longer ours as well, right? So we need to release a lot of things in order to have the permission within ourselves to move forward, because that's where, that's what ultimately stops growth. It's holding on to the past. It's taking on someone else's beliefs. It's this type of thing. And I do feel we can learn a lot from the older generations. And I think we are moving into a very new, it's a new, like you said, it's a new field for women. We have voices. We're intelligent. We can recognize our conditioning and and we can choose how to work with that. And we want to see more women thrive. I want to see more women thrive. I want to see see. a conscious wealth here. Let's see some really heartfelt leaders. That's what I want to see. Natalie, thank you so much for joining us today. I think it was an absolutely wonderful and very heart-centered conversation. Very female, if I may say so, which I love because it relaxes and all. it's actually very nourishing. So thank you for that. Thank you for being, bringing your presence and for the work that you are doing. And to all the women who are listening to us right now, so please take care of yourself and Mm -hmm. learn what it is that you really want and how can you ask for that. And most importantly, how can you give it to yourself? Because it Mm -hmm. all starts with us. And it is so important that as women, we support each other in everything that we do in life, right? Exactly. So then let's root... Exactly. Let's root for each other. The sisterhood power, the community power is very important. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say a very special thank you to every single person who is turning to Timeless Teachings podcast. I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. And we see you next time. Feel free to share this episode with friends, subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel, and follow us on social media. And remember, you are the master of your own life.